Well, good morning. Welcome to Prescott Valley Bible Church. We're glad you're with us today. If you're joining us for the first time, whether here or uh, from home or, or hearing us in your car, talk more about that in a few minutes. But uh, wherever it is you're receiving this message today, we're glad you're with us. Thanks for being here. Today's sermon is, is one of a kind. It only happens once a year, and it's called the State of the Church. So if you're watching us for the first time, uh, uh, congratulations, you get to see the first, the, the, the state of the church, but uh, kind of I'm sorry because it's not a part of our normal series. So uh, we're getting ready to start a brand new series uh, next week, and that is Growing Closer to God. And in that series, we're going to be talking about things like how do we stay connected? How do we, uh, what, what should we expect in our walk? like pruning, pruning. That just sounds like that hurts, doesn't it? We're gonna talk about that. And then we're gonna talk about uh, looking for fruit. So that is what that next series is about. But today, our focus is on Prescott Valley Bible Church. I wanna put in front of you this morning the goals of the church. I wanna put in front of you the direction that we're going, where we've been, and uh, what's going to take, how is the momentum going to drive us forward in the future? Now, the reason why we're saying this is our mission, our purpose, because this is not Pastor Andy's goals. This is the goals for the church, for all of God's people that call Prescott Valley their home. And so I want us to, to take this ownership on for all of us because uh, let, let's just start by looking at last year. Now, I don't have to tell anybody this, but last year, 2020, was kind of a mess, wasn't it? I mean, pandemics going on, it's still going on, and it's, it's been going on for almost a year now, eight months, nine months, you pick the, you pick the time. And so how does, how does that affect God's people? How does it affect the job that we're called to do as Christ followers? And we're going to talk about that this morning. And in fact, we're going to look at what the Bible says about it and what God expects from us. Before we, we jump in and look at the strategy for 2021 and look at the past year that we've lived through, uh, let's start in prayer. Well, dear Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning and we ask, Lord, that you would guide us and you would direct us. Father, in this message today, Lord, help us to search our own hearts. Help us to ask ourselves, is this about me? And what is my role? And what am I supposed to do? And Father, how do you want me to take the next steps? Because Lord, we know that you're in control of all things. And so Father, we, we claim victory now over this next year. We claim victory over the challenges people are facing and the sickness that's around us. And Lord, we know that you're bigger than anything that we face. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. As we, as we look at back at, at 2020, uh, just as we said, this pandemic hit, and it's all over the country. I have to be honest with you that this was probably, I think, the biggest attack on the body of Christ that I've ever seen in my life. 
because something happened in 2020 that I, in my lifetime, never saw happen. Churches were told to close, to shut the door. And you see that happening. Now, here, here's the thing. The door may have been closed, but people are watching online because church didn't close. God's word didn't close. And praise the Lord for that. We're going to talk about what that means. But here's what I want us to get to. And so let me just say this. In our message today, I'm going to open up lots of opportunities for you to get mad at me but please don't, okay? Because I, I'm, I'm speaking to myself, I'm speaking to the choir, because everyone is faithful. And even though people may not be here right now, they're watching from home and our church is growing like we'll talk about soon. Uh, it, it's just a matter of right now, we're dealing with a time when people are, um, people are fearful. For some, they're fearful. For some, here's what's happened. For some people, the pandemic has become an excuse. It's become an opportunity for us to say, I'll watch it from home in my pajamas eating a bowl of cereal. It's easy to do. And here's what you should know that the enemy loves you there. Now, today, here's what I'm going to tell you. I certainly understand. If you find yourself in a position where you're of uh, a certain age, you have certain sicknesses, and you feel a little fearful, let me tell you something. If I watch the news very much, I'm fearful because it's all around us. Listen, there's no good news. I mean, we watch the news and they talk about the pandemic and I love that they go, 700,000 people have had it. 14,000 have died. Let me tell you about the 14,000 that have died. Well, what about the 700 and something that just kind of felt like they had a cold? Or they didn't even, they were worse when they had pneumonia. I'm not discounting the terrible thing that happened. And I'm not, I'm not discounting deaths because it's sad. It's sad to see what's happened. But here's what's sadder. Sadder, is that a word? Sadder, here's what's sadder. If we're not careful, we would allow fear to dictate our lives. I've had opportunities to speak to some people. And can I tell you something that I find quite interesting? In fact, it's a little strange to me because for some, and I'm not talking about anybody who goes to this church, I'm just talking about in general for some. Um, it's okay to go to the grocery store. It's just not okay to go worship God. It's okay for me to go clothes shopping, but I'm afraid to be around God's people at church. It's okay for me to go out to lunch or to dinner in a restaurant, 
but I don't know about being around God's people. Does that sound strange to anyone? It should sound very strange. Because friends, listen, it sounds a little strange to me. And here's the warning about that. The warning about that is, if we live in fear, it will prevent us from being all that God is calling us to be. And God wants us to stand up. He wants us to know that he's bigger than any challenges we face, any pandemic, any troubles that come our way. See, our mission for this church, our mission for Prescott Valley Bible Church, it's on everything that you see. It's right by our logo. It's called Building a Bridge to Wholeness in Christ. And this morning, I want us to understand completely what the mission, the purpose, and the direction that we're going in. And in fact, I know for many of you who are watching, who are here, you could probably come up and give this message because it hasn't changed, hasn't changed in years. Here is why Prescott Valley Bible Church exists. Here's what it means to build a bridge to wholeness in Christ. It's the first point in your notes today. We exist to make disciples, leading lost people to Christ. Our job is to lead lost people to Christ. The Bible tells us that that's what Jesus's mission is. Look at what it says in Luke 19.10. Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, the problem with many churches, and so this is the only thing you're going to hear me say, many churches. The problem with many churches is this. We love Jesus. We're just not so in love with the mission that Jesus is calling us to. Because he is calling us to be people who lead people to him, to make disciples. Jesus was passionate about this. He was passionate about reaching lost people. He, he, the question becomes, are you as passionate about seeing lost people come to Christ as Christ is? I hope your answer is yes, because here's the sad thing, and it just, it keeps me up at night. I have to tell you that it keeps me up at night. Every second, someone dies and they're not saved. Friends, if you're a person who's watching this, if you're hearing my words, listen, it isn't that you're born, you live, you die, and you're done. We have been created to be eternal beings. We live for eternity. The question becomes, where is eternity going to be lived out? Are we going to be lived out in a place that, that God is, or are we going to be living out our lives in the place that's absent of God, where there's gnashing of teeth, where there's, there's torture? Where, uh, friends, listen, I don't know about you, but I don't want to see one person go there. Not one person deserves that. 
Because hell was not meant for you and I. It wasn't meant for people. It was meant for the devil and his demons. Friends, this morning I want us to really ask ourselves some very difficult questions. I mean, am I passionate about what Jesus is passionate about? Here's, here's something, point A in your notes. If we're going to do this, if we're going to win more people to Christ, here's what has to happen, point A. The first thing we must do is know and learn how to penetrate our ever-changing culture. Our world is changing, isn't it? It's changing by the minute. And I don't know if you know this or not. I don't know if you realize this or not. Uh, we're not the home team anymore. We're the outsiders. Uh, for those of you who are watching, who are Christ followers today, you know what's wrong with you? You're intolerant. You're people who just say Jesus is the only way, and that's just not fair. You may not think it's fair, but I'm here to tell you this morning, as the pastor of Prescott Valley Bible Church, the only way to heaven is through Christ and Christ alone. Look at what it says in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Just stop there for a second and leave that up on the screen. You see, I, I, I want to say that a church cannot be hidden. PVBC needs to be someone, a group, a people who are out there, people who are exposed to other people, people who are penetrating this series, this 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 city for Christ. You see, we need to be doing that. We need to get our name out there. We need people to understand the truth. Here's what you should know, that there are people who are looking for spiritual answers to the problems that they face, but here's the problem. They don't think church has the answer. They come to church, and sometimes, uh, People are fighting with each other. They're bickering. They're arguing. These are, Christ, these are Christ followers? These are people I want to be a part of? When they're picking on the color of the carpet? They're picking on the music selection? They're picking on uh, uh, how tall the pastor is? I can't control that. Do you get what I'm saying? See, God is calling all that nonsense to be done with. And let's focus on bringing people to Christ. And then we have more to do than that. We have more to do to that. Here's what you should know. Uh, Christ followers, not just pastors, are called to do this. Uh, let's look at the rest of verse 15 and 16. Uh, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, a, 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 on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds 
and glorify your Father in heaven. As Christ followers, our task is very big. We have to penetrate every area of our culture, and our culture is pushing back. They're afraid. They don't want it because there's accountability that comes with being a Christ follower. Here's some statistics that, that come to me all the time. As a pastor, you should know that I am in a part of a group with, with thousands of other pastors and articles come to me and, and studies come to me. Here's one of them. Nearly 90% of the people who live in Arizona do not go to church. Nearly 90%. Here's the exact amount if you're, if you're that kind of person. 86.7% of the people are not calling any church anywhere their home. Statistics show that 83% of them say that they would go to church if someone would invite them. Can you believe that? 83% of the people that don't go to church say, I would go if, if someone would invite me to come. Here's the part that, here's the part that makes me a little uncomfortable. Um, it's sad because only 2% of Christians ever invite anybody. 2% of all Christians. You see, the, the problem is that we've been led to believe that people are not interested in coming. They're not interested in going. Listen, if you're watching me from Florida or Michigan or wherever it is in this country that you're hearing this message, I'm not talking about sending them here to Prescott Valley Bible Church. I'm talking about God has not called us to be Christ followers alone. He's calling us to be part of something much bigger than ourselves. People need to know the truth. And the only problem is that if nobody asks them, they won't go. They won't come. When they see you and they know who you are, and, wow, you go to church there? Yeah, it's pretty good. That little short guy's pretty good. Please say that when you leave, you guys. But you know what I mean? He was pretty good. The message was good. He, his jokes are kind of okay. I know a pastor of this church in, in Mesa, Arizona, for those of you who are watching from home, it's a kind of out east of Phoenix quite a ways. And it's a mega church. Now this mega church um, is always reaching out to people, trying to bring people into a relationship with Christ. They're a Bible church there in Mesa. And on a, on a Sunday, um, after all their services, they have about 20,000 people that come to church. That's a city. You know what I mean? They got about 20,000 people that come to church in this mega church. And they sent out a questionnaire to their people who were first-time visitors. Last year, they had 1,000 first-time visitors, 1,000 of them. 
And they sent out this uh, note, and uh, we send out notes, by the way, so that you know, if you didn't know this, first-time visitors, if we know who you are, uh, we send you a little card that say, thank you for being here, thank you for being a part, we're glad you joined us, come back again. But they sent out this note, and they said on the note, hey, we're trying to always make things better, can you give us some insight on how you even came to know about the church and what brought you here today. 9% were driving by and they, they, saw, they saw cars in the parking lot and they said, hey, let's try it. 9% said they found it online by looking for churches in the area. 11% said that they found it by um, the window decals the name of the church uh, in, their, in their windows. Uh, uh, now, I know we all have these in our windows, right? Everyone has these in our windows. If you don't, let, let me know, and I'll get you one, and you can just stick it in your window so people can see that. 68% of the people who came to that church that year came because someone invited them. You see, that's, that's a big deal, right? I mention this because it's important for us to understand something. We live in a world today that sure needs a change. Don't you agree? Don't you think something better change pretty soon? I think that. Now, here's what the part that I don't like sometimes. The change sometimes has to begin with me. I have to be the one willing to change. Here's a point in your notes. We must be the change we want to see. We have to be the change we want to see. It means that sometimes we might be a little uncomfortable. But, you know, here's what happens sometimes. People go to work and they go, you know, I hate my job. Well, then you know what? Change it. You know, I, my neighbors, I, don't, I just don't like what's happening in my neighborhood. Change it. Be part of the change. Get involved. Do something. I, you know, I, I just don't like the way my kids are acting anymore. They're just, they're acting like a bunch of heathens. I like that word. I don't, a bunch of heathens. Change it. Make a change. You see, the change begins with all of us. And if we are willing to conform to what's happening, man, people are going to love you, uh, but they're not going to change. Nothing is going to happen. Everything's going to stay the same. So we need to be people who are willing to change, change how we think, and understand that, uh, who used to say the buck stops here? A president. I can't, I'm slipping my mind, but the buck stops here. Harry Truman, right? Is that who it was? Harry Truman? I think it was, but anyway. Here's point B. We must always evaluate our strategy. We must evaluate our strategy. People say, oh, do churches actually have strategy to reach people? 
Yes, absolutely. Our strategy at this church is a strategy of awareness. Because here's something that is really deep. It's really deep. You ready? People won't come unless they know that we're here. Isn't that deep? That's really deep. People won't come unless they know that we're here. So because that's true, let me tell you something. When you talk to me, I'm going to talk to you about, hey, bring your friends. Tell somebody. Talk to the guy online with you at the grocery store. Not because we want to be some mega church like the one in Mesa, Arizona, because we want people who are lost to know that there is an answer to the problems that they're facing, and the answer is Jesus. So we want to figure this out this year. Because we continue to look for ways to be known in our community. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this or not. There's something that comes in the mail every month. And I think they call it Monday, Money in the Mail. That's the name of it. And if you're thumbing through that looking for coupons, you know what? You're going to see the church in there. And people are coming to church because of that. So when the, when the elders are talking about, hey, do we want to invest money in doing this? Do we want to spend money doing this? Yes, we do. Because that's how we're, we're bringing people in to, to, to learn about Christ. I mean, right now, this church is in this, in this little magazine in Prescott Valley, in Dewey, in Chino Valley, and it goes out to 40,000 homes. 40,000 homes. The people who sell that magazine, here's what they'll tell you. It needs to be in there three months before anybody will pay attention to it. Three months? Forget it. Three, that's a long time, right? Three months. It's not a long time because people were paying attention to it the first day, the first time we did it. And people keep looking at that. And you know, when you're going through stuff, and if you're like me, you just look for something to get your mind off of it. And you pull out one of these things. Oh, let's look at the coupons. Uh, okay, there's a uh, uh, back burner. Okay, I, I got to go to that restaurant or I got to go to this restaurant. I got to go to that back burner. I said your name on, on the air. So anyway, uh, oh, what is this? Prescott Valley Bible Church building a bridge to homeless in Christ. Hey, Wednesday night, they're talking about dumb mistakes people make and how to avoid them on Wednesday night on the internet. Maybe we should just listen to that. Doesn't cost it. We don't even have to go out. See, friends, listen. The whole deal is this. Whatever it takes to get the word out, that's what we're about. We need to be people who, who do that. And so uh, this year, like I said, I want to figure out, I want us to all together, I want us to figure out how we're going to do that. And here's the first group I want us to attack this year because it's important. 
Are you ready? We're going to think about how to reach men so that we can reach the whole family. Now, ladies and children who are watching, it doesn't mean that you're not important because you are very important. You're very important. But let me give you some statistics. These are real statistics, not my opinion. This is absolute, not my opinion. If a child accepts Christ, 7% of the time, the whole family does, 7%. If a mom accepts Christ, 18% of the family will accept Christ. If dad accepts Christ, 93% of the family accept Christ. So if you're running a business, what group of people are you going to focus on? 90, the men, right? Because we need to get them in here. Because do you know what happens, Ron? Here's what happens. And we know this. It's for sure. Mom says to their kids, and they, she has a teenage boy, and she says, son, we're going to go to church on Sunday. And the, the son says, uh, mom, I'm not going to go. Dad's not going. If you don't think that that happens, let me tell you, it happens all the time. If dad says, hey, I want you guys to just get some sleep because tomorrow morning we're all getting up as a family and we're going to church. That's, everybody goes. It's so important. And so I'm asking you to think about this. How do we reach the men? Why doesn't the men come to church now? Do you know 60% of churchgoers are women and, and really less than 40% are men? A little over 60% are women, a, a little. Now, why is that? Sometimes it's because the pastor's really handsome. But that's not the case here. That's not the case here. Here's the reason. Because sometimes churches cater to the ladies. They do. And the men that go along say, well, I go because of my wife. I go to bring my wife. I do that. But it's her place. I'm visiting her place. And uh, uh, ladies, if you think it's your place, that's awesome. But men, it's your place. Hi guys. Hey, how am I doing so far? I hope it's going good. I wanted to break in the middle of the service uh, just to hit home on this a little bit because uh, the truth is that I need your help with this. That men are so important to the church and it's important for us to reach out to them to be able to, to speak to their hearts so that they can become the leaders God is calling them to be. Like I'm saying in this message, so often the men have just kind of given up their role as the spiritual leader of the family and have thrown that on their wives, you know, or on the ladies. And, and that's just not the way it's meant to be. Guys, God is calling you to do that. And so 
this year we want to reach the men. So if you're watching and you're one of the guys and you're not going to church, uh, we're after you, okay? <laughs> I just want you to know that, that it's we think it's that important that we reach you. And for those of you who are attending, uh, we are really open to hear some thoughts on this, on how we can reach the men on a deeper level. The, the next group that we want to talk about is this group called the neighbors. We need to reach our neighbors so that we can change our culture. See, at PVBC, we're, we're kind of, in the scheme of things, a small group of people. And how do we turn a small group of people into an army? You see, if we're going to change our culture, we're going to have to get involved in the lives of the guy next door. We're going to have to get involved where we work. You see, sometimes what happens is we, we go to church on Sunday and we think that's church. And really, what we're talking about is on Sunday, it is preparing to do what we've learned on Sunday throughout the rest of the week. It's the, it's the pregame show. It's the warm-up to the big game. And so we need to just renew our minds to stop thinking that Sunday's the big day when Sunday is the day that prepares us for the rest of the week. You see, God is calling us to change our culture. And to do that, we're going to have to reach our neighbors. We're going to have to reach the people around us, the people that you work with. You're going to have to reach the person who you just meet in the grocery store. We, we, we want to reach men in order to, to change and be able to reach the family. We want to reach the neighbors so that we can reach our culture. And then there's just a third group. And so I really want us to talk about this. This is why I'm breaking in here. The third group is that we need to reach the younger generation so that we can have a future. Now, it's important for us to understand in any church, any group of people, any body of Christ, listen, this has to last longer than we do. It's not that we have a church until we go home to meet the Lord, because believe me, this world is going to need Christ followers long after you and I are gone. And so we need to raise up the youth today to be able to stand in the gap, to stand in the gap for those people who do not know Christ. And as much as we hate to admit it, there's going to be more and more of them as time goes by. Because our culture is moving in a direction where you know, I hate to say it, but you and I are not the home team anymore. We're people who are on the outside. We're the outsiders. We're the intolerant people. Because people would rather hear words of tolerance than words of truth. And we have to be able to stand for the truth. We need to be able to reach the younger people. I mean, I'm sure that you hear our music, our worship, and, and uh, Robin and I are continually talking about how we have to be on the, the brink of new, reaching young people type music. 
because we have to be able to reach those people and speak to their hearts. Now, God's word is never changing, right? It's always, it's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But the way we reach them has to change. Otherwise, we'll be a church full of people who are relevant to people who grew up in the 80s. And that's not what we want. We want to be relevant to those people, but we're trying to reach the younger people. Now, uh, as we go back to the service, I just want you to understand something. Because now, I, in the service, I'm going to give you some statistics over the last few years, actually 2019, 2020. And I want you to listen to this because... Here's really where the rubber meets the road, and I'm going to be telling you some things that you're going to go, wow, really? Because I didn't know that. Well, good. I'm glad you're saying that. But it's something that's important for all of us to know. And as we go through this next section, just please understand that anything that I'm saying in this service is not with any individual in mind. I'm speaking the truth. And so please accept it that way. I love you guys. Let's go back to the service and uh, here's some good stuff. Okay? Here we go. I called this church their home. 45 people. In 2020, this church has 78 people that call this place their home. Before the pandemic hit, we had two, three, four visitors every week, new visitors. Pandemic hit, it slowed the visitors down, obviously. But we still have visitors. We have visitors today. And you know, you know what's interesting about it is that God continues to speak into people's hearts. But We have an amazing opportunity. We have reached more people than you can imagine. You know, as a church, we have home Bible studies currently. Now, these are the ones that I know about. In California, Wyoming, Michigan, New York City, Florida. And those are the ones that I know about. Our service is televised weekly to thousands of people in Kenya, Africa. Our messages are being used in a university course in Africa, a Christian university, to teach new young people wanting to be pastors how to make presentations. I, I keep asking, is it, are you sure it's not how not to make presentations? But they go, no, no, it's, we, we like that. That's the style. That's what, that's a, so, and a couple of years ago, I guess it's been now, 250 people accepted Christ standing out in a field watching our sermon on a big screen. Friends, we're reaching more people than we know. 90% of people that live here are going nowhere. 
Do you know that other countries are sending missionaries here because the people who live here are not telling other people about Jesus? See, we live in a culture today that values tolerance more than they do the truth. Here's the problem. It's, it's a big problem. Jesus says the only way to God is through him. And, well, what if I don't believe that? It must be a lie. It's not. It's not. It's the truth. And just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. Friends, uh, uh, We're here and we exist as a church to do this, make disciples. So how do we make believers disciples? Here's a point A. You must know the word. Look at what it says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It's on your screen. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Here's what you should know. We're in this series right now on Wednesday night, and the series is, is titled um, Dumb Mistakes and, and How to Avoid Them. And I'm an expert at this because I've made a lot of dumb mistakes in my life. And we look at the Bible to show how to avoid them through other people's lives. After that series is over, we're going to go back to a series that talks, it's called the 101 class, the 201, the 301, and we're going to talk about what this church believes, and we're going to talk about what are my spiritual gifts, how can God use me, and what is it that, how do I know myself? It's called our shape, how we're shaped. And so some of you who have been through those classes already, please, please, please watch it again because in reality, you'll learn something every time you go through it because we're called to live transformed lives. So we have to know what God says so we can speak God's word. And then we gotta do the second thing, point B. We must live the word. We can't just be people who know the word we have to be people who live the word. James 1.22 says this, do not merely listen to the words and so deceive yourself, do what it says. See, if, if you're watching today and you're battling, and even if you're a Christ follower and you find yourself battling, let me ask you something. If you're battling in your marriage, is Christ the center of your marriage? If you're battling in your finances, how important is God in your finances? If there's trouble in your family, is Christ centered in your family? If it's, is he centered in your business? Listen, he doesn't only wanna be in your life on Sunday morning for an hour and a half. He wants to be in your life forever, every day, every minute. So God is calling us as people to lead people to Christ and then train believers to be disciples. 
And here's the third one, third thing. Send disciples to impact the world. We say that, and you know, a lot of people think, oh, you're talking about missionary stuff. You got to go 3,000 miles away to be a missionary. And can I tell you something? Here's what you should know. The mission field starts right out that door. The minute you step out that door, you're in a mission field. Because there are people who do not know Christ in your neighborhood, on the street, in the grocery store, wherever you're at. God is calling us to know him, to know his word, to live his word, and then to go out and share the truth with other people. If you want to know what we believe, that's what we believe in who we are. Acts 1, 8 says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And here's, here's really what that says. I don't know if I read that right. Uh, you will be my witnesses in Prescott Valley, in Prescott, in Arizona, and to the ends of the earth. So in 2021, how do we be true, true um, witnesses for Jesus Christ? How do we do that? I'm going to go fast. A, we must walk in confidence. We have to be people who walk in confidence. 1 John 5.14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. See, we have to work as if we are depending, if, if, as, as, as if people are depending on us and God is depending on us. Do you know why? God is depending on us. We are his hands and feet. We have been called to be his witnesses. And so we need to do that. And here's what I'm asking you to do. Over the next two months, I want you to begin to pray. I want you to begin to pray about those who are lost. I want you to begin to dream bigger dreams. No more prayers over things that are, well, that's easy. It's going to happen anyway. I want you to think about your own life. I want you to think about the life of this place. And I want you to start dreaming bigger dreams. I want you to start expecting it to happen and start praying for people with all of your heart. Here's the second thing. First one is confidence. Second thing is we must have commitment. We have to be committed. Look at what it says, Luke 14, 33. In the same way, those of you who are not, who, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. That's a tough one, right? Because what is he talking about? It's all broken down into three things. Our time, our talent, and our treasures. God wants our time, our talent, and our treasures. He wants us to spend time with him. We're going to learn that in our next series. That God is calling us to be more than Sunday morning Christians. He doesn't want us to just be with him now. He wants us 
to spend time with him and grow in a relationship with him. So let's talk about 220, the year 2020. I think I've got five minutes, so I'll talk fast. Uh, our monthly need uh, to cover expenses for 2020 was $6,248 per month. In 2020, our giving was $8,207 a month. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is during a pandemic. Did you know that? Did I mention that? See, God is blessing and God's people are stepping up. And they're being a part of something that's happening here. Our general fund, here's a, in, 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 so our budget for 2020 was 74976 and our general fund giving was 98190 that's a 23%, 23.6% increase over our budget. That's amazing. In the beginning of 2020, we have this thing in our notes, and you see this every week. Please, please, please look at the back of your bulletins every week because if you want to know how we're doing from a financial standpoint, of an event standpoint, people's birthdays even, Look at the back of the bulletin, because everything is there. At the beginning of 2020, our building fund savings account had 57,924 in it. At the end of the year, at the end of this year, we had 67,252. That's a 13.8% increase over the beginning of 2020. That means God's people not only gave this year, but they gave 13.8% more than they normally give for something that's going to happen in the future. And from a financial perspective, here's how we shaped up. And I got this information from that mega church, and it made me think about our church. So I wanna present that to you just for a minute. The church has 20,000 people. 43.5% of the people who attend give between a dollar and five dollars a week at this mega church. 43%, let me say that again, gives between one dollar and five dollars. 23.3% give between six dollars and 25 dollars a week. He said that means that 66% of the church uh, give as if they were making $13,000 a year if they were tithing. Uh, uh, let me just say that conversation with him was he was a little disappointed because he was praying for more than that, for more than that would happen. So 33% of the people in that church supported 80% of the expenses. Now, uh, let's, look at, let's look at our, our church. We had 78 people who called this place their home in this last year. 26% of the givers at the church uh, either gave nothing or they put money in the collection plate anonymously. As I go through this, this is not an opportunity to make anyone feel bad. 
But if you want to know the truth, here are the facts. Eleven givers gave between a dollar and one hundred dollars for the year. Thirteen givers gave between a hundred and one dollar and five hundred for the year. Nine givers gave between five oh one and fifteen hundred for the year. Eleven givers gave between fifteen hundred and five thousand for the year. Six givers gave over five thousand dollars for the year. Here's what I want to tell you wherever you fit in those categories, thank you and God bless you for being faithful at any way that you can. It is not about that. Here's the other thing. 48% of what's been given financially to this church has come from outside of the area. You're touching people in other cities, in other countries. People are giving faithfully and they are not even physically attending. They're watching from home. And we're spreading out. So that brings us to the last thing I want to bring to your attention. In the back of your bulletins, it tells you the elders of the church. And the elders are bringing to you today one more name that for, your, for consideration. And for consideration, here's what, here's what we're asking you for. When I tell you about this person, if there's a biblical concern, a biblical concern about this person, then I want you to write to the elders by next Sunday and hand that in. And then we, we, we're going we're gonna to take it seriously and we're going to look at that. And we're going to look at what that biblical concern and ask the question if there's in it, isn't, if there is any. But the person I want to bring in front of you is someone you know. His name is Don DeWitt. Don DeWitt. Don and Audrey are members of this church, and they've actually been part of this church since the very beginning because they've helped support the church. They've helped been a part of this. They have a home here and a home in Phoenix, and they're here half the time, and they're there half the time. Don's focus will be reaching out to those people outside of the church to pray with them, to talk to them, to lead them, to teach them. He'll be doing some of these things as an elder of this, uh, of elder of this church. Don has been a, a, an elder at a church in Phoenix called uh, First Christian Church in Phoenix for 25 years. He was the chairman of the elders there. He's, him and his wife have been faithful servants and part of this place, part of that place. And, and the opportunity has come up where he has, has said he's not going to be an elder at that church anymore, although he's part member there. He's going to be an elder here. Someone else's loss is our gain. Because the wisdom he has with Ron and with Robin, and, and, and I'll, I'll put myself in there, 
I mean, the, the wisdom there, it's going to take us to the next place. It's going to take us to the next level. He's passionate about prison ministries. His wife, Audrey, is passionate about that. She, she wrote on a monthly basis letters to women in prison. A hundred letters a month she did that. And, and they have a little program that they put together where when people come out of prison, he helps get them plugged in to different places. Qualifications of an elder. The qualification is set out for us in 1 Timothy chapter 3 in Titus, and it stresses character of the elders. They must be of good character. They must have gifts of the fruit of the Spirit. They must be able to teach, and he can do these things. So next week, not next week, but you have, this week, think about, pray about him, if you have biblical questions about him, bring them forward. Because it is our intention after reviewing him and talking about him and really checking into him and knowing him that he is somebody that we would be blessed to have as an elder of this church. And we would be looking to install him on, on the 14th of February as an elder here at the church. Well, that, that kind of ends our service today. But I just want to end it the way we normally do every week. We never want to leave a service without giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to come into your life. Because if you are going to be all that God is calling you to be, the only way you can do that is by having him in your life. Will you accept him today? Will you ask him to come into your life? I want to invite all of you who are Christ followers to pray with me, to, to even though you've made this confession before, repeat after me. And if you want to make that confession for the first time, please repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I accept you now as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, as the worship team plays this last song, if you need prayer this morning, Shirley and I will be standing up here. You come up for prayer, we'll pray together, and then we'll close our service. Sorry to go a little bit over, but I think it was important. Thanks for being here. You can only imagine... Imagine what it'd be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. only imagine surrounded by your glory 
this week. Help us to walk in your will. Help us to be people who seek your will for our lives. Help us to be people who are changers of the things that we come in contact with. And Lord, just work in each of our hearts today to ask ourselves, what is it that you want me to do? Lord, thank you now for this place, for this time together. I thank you for every person here and all that are watching across this country. Bless them and guide them. In Jesus' name, amen.